0: This is Tereva Jacobson, and you're listening to The First Deal Show.
1: Welcome to The First Deal Show with your host, Caroline with a K. On this show, we're talking about investors' first investment property. Join me for a trip down memory lane as we hear the good, bad, and ugly of that first deal. It's your host here, Carolyn with a K, and I've got a wonderful guest on the other side of the world, kind of, Tereva Jacobson, who is a mom, wife, a full-time real estate investor, and a dance teacher who owns her own studio out in a special little place that she'll tell us about in a little bit. So thank you so much, Tereva, for joining us.
0: Thanks for having me.
1: Claro. Uh, And we always start the first deal show the same way with some lovely questions to get to know you. This segment is called the Kiss Me segment because you are giving me a nice little peck and we get to know you a little bit better. So the first question, as always, is what was the first album that you've ever
0: purchased? It was probably Michael Jackson, Bad.
1: Oh, that's a fun one.
0: Yeah, I love him.
1: Yeah, great artist. Too bad he's no longer with us.
0: Oh, gosh. Yeah. Heartbreaking. <laughs>
1: um, and with that, what was the biggest challenge that held you back from investing in real estate?
0: Um, you know, honestly, there were a couple of things um, mindset, not truly believing that I could do something in real estate. And I think time, honestly, I just there was not enough time for me to um, I just had too many jobs. So once I let go of one thing, I was able to devote time to real estate investing.
1: Mm, Yeah. And I think those are two really important things, right? It's like where where is your head at? And then how can you use your head once you have clarity to navigate your time in life so that you can dedicate to real estate? Yeah. And um, what is something new that you learned or did during the pandemic that others might not know about you? One more time. What is something new that you learned or did during the pandemic that other people might not know about you? Mm
0: -hmm. That's a hard one. Uh, I don't think I did anything that I haven't shared on social media, I'm pretty open on my social media platform. I mean, I started teaching dancing on Zoom, which was a horrible idea. Why? Uh, it's not, it's completely, uh, I don't wanna say pointless, but it's counterproductive. Just Zoom back then wasn't quite developed. Um, the, the speed wasn't good. My poor students could barely hear me, could barely hear music. I could not really clearly see them. So because of the pandemic, we went from in-person studio classes and moved all classes to the studio. So I was in the studio and all of my students uh, were home. So that was not a very good, uh, it, we were forced to do it for a few months, but it, I don't think it was super beneficial to my students.
1: D were you guys able to go do it outside eventually? Like,
0: not not much. Uh, I did Aww. do some uh, special training outside for competitions,
1: mm-hmm.
0: but other than that, no, not really. Uh, but I was pretty lucky. We, we, I just had to adjust all my entire dance school. We divided up classes further uh, instead of having my regular fifteen to twenty people per class, we just went down to 10 people a class. It was really, yeah, we just implemented different things. So we could come back in the studio. And we did.
1: Oh, that's great. Yeah. Yeah. And what would you say is your favorite quote? A favorite quote?
0: Uh, A few It's not really a quote but i would say people over profits Hmm. and real estate i think it applies in every aspect real estate is a people business so
1: and i absolutely agree with that because it's not just real estate even going to my kid's doctor i went to multiple uh you know doctors to get second opinions and one doctor like really rubbed me the wrong way because i felt like he was just looking at us like a number, like, okay, this is just another surgery for me. And he, it really, the bedside manner wasn't that great. And I was like, I don't know that I want you to cut my kid open, but okay.
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah totally. <laughs> um,
1: yeah. So with all that being said, where are you based and where are you actively investing?
0: I am based in Maui, Hawaii. I invest here in Hawaii, as well as in Indianapolis. However, we just locked up a deal in Kansas City, Missouri. A triplex oh. partnership deal.
1: Nice.
0: So crunching out a little bit, thank you.
1: Yeah. Oh, we'll have to talk a little offline about that because my friend needs a PM out in Kansas. He's not doing too hot with the the PMs he's had already, so <laughs> uh,
0: Well yeah. Yeah. PMs um, I think in general are a different <laughs> beast.
1: Right, I really am starting to think I need to open a property management company that like works internationally because I don't understand. The job is not hard. But anyways, um, we won't get into that. So with all that, you know, now that we've kind of warmed you up, we got to know you a little bit better. We know that you're out in Hawaii and you're invest- investing locally and out of state, which is awesome. Tell us a little bit about that first deal that you did.
0: So I'm going to choose uh... For, for this show's purpose. Uh, my first deal is also my first successful burr. Um, I decided to buy this rental property uh, back then in early 2021, the seller wanted a little more than what most investors were willing to pay for. Mm-hmm. And because I had built rapport with him, he an older man, really nice man. Um, I was like, Hey, if, you know, if I can't find someone, you can always go on the market and you know, I'll, I don't need compensation. Let me just see. I literally told him like, let me just see if I can find you a buyer. So without saying, let me try and wholesale this, but I just told him, let me find, let me find you a buyer. And I don't know, he was just so nice to me. I'm like, I don't even need to get paid for this or whatever. So I was running numbers and I kind of knew it wouldn't work for and for most end buyers here in Maui spoke to my husband and we kind of decided like why don't why don't we make this our first investment property even if we leave some money on the table it's okay you're gonna get to learn you know we had a bit of money on the side so we decided to do it to go for it and um, it ended up turning out to be a great, great, great deal because a year later I was able to refinance out. And so on on the refinance paperwork, I cashed out $82,000. However, you know, after like the PML payments and all of that, I don't know, maybe it's $75,000 that we walked away with. So maybe not quite 82. Um, But yeah, so I feel like that was a nice from beginning to end pretty much uh, deal flow. And for being my first, it's kind of a pretty crazy thought. And uh, they call that the unicorn deals, you know, here. So, I mean, in in not in my defense, I think just this market also, like I bought it right before the market hiked up and I'm refinancing, I refinanced a year later when the market was barely stabilizing, Um, but units in that complex are still selling for way more than what my property was valued at. So maybe, maybe our market is not going to stabilize as much as we thought it would be stabilizing, which it like right now we are kind of experiencing, you know, stabilization in the market across the country. And, but this property didn't quite feel that for sure
1: so tell us like what were the numbers how much did you buy it from him and what you know what is it worth today and Mm -hmm. all that jazz
0: so 110 purchase price so one hundred ten thousand. yeah it's like unheard of in even in hawaii in
1: hawaii yeah
0: Yeah. it's a c-class complex oh okay yeah but there's nothing more affordable than that though here. That's definitely the most, the only affordable place probably here. Uh, so bought it for 110, it was in poor condition. I kept the previous tenants and we renovated the place. We only needed, well, we, I did minor renovations. It was the one and a half bathroom as well as the kitchen uh, we didn't change, no layout, no walls came down or anything. Just like the kitchen's upper cabinets came down to kind of give a better flow to this little 700 square foot, you know, two bedroom little apartment. But um, so 110, I think, and back then it appraised at 130. So I I feel like I, I got a loan for a little over 100 grand really from a hard money lender. And then I borrowed from a private lender. I borrowed thirty five thousand uh, dollars to do these renovations, but I hadn't used it all. So by the time we um, we decided to refinance, the property appraised at I believe two hundred forty eight thousand. So it, it's uh, yeah, it appraised by a lot, a lot. And I I bet right now, like I'm I I kind of keep track of what sells in that. Dip- that complex i i'm sure it's worth even more right now crazy
1: oh wow that is nuts yeah um so then tell us a little bit about like how did you because you know you mentioned in the beginning that mindset right and like working additional jobs like how did you get to the point of that you were ready to do this and that you wanted to do it and and then even deciding to do it locally in hawaii because you know, most of the properties that I hear, I was like 1,800,000, right? I mean, they're probably not like higher A-class or like near resorts and stuff. But how did you get to the point where you were okay with doing something like this?
0: So uh, I might get a little emotional. I can't always get emotional with that story. Um, in 2017, I joined a an expensive real estate mentorship mm-hmm. or program and uh, didn't take action like shortly after I lost my mom and I went through my healing period on that. Uh, Also opened my dance school right after and I knew that I needed to devote time to that. However, I had accumulated so much debt over time um, that I made myself work three jobs. And the only time that I saw my daughter was at morning drop-off. I always came home after she was asleep and I would just wake up, get her ready for school, drop her off, and then I would head to the two to three jobs a day. So I wouldn't see her and uh, my husband would pick her up from school and all that. So, And there were many, many, many weeks that I wouldn't see my husband for three to four days because he's up way before me. I wouldn't see him in the morning so and i don't see him at night because he's asleep by the time i get home so anyway uh that was super common for us not to see each other for three to four days until the weekend came and i would have maybe a few hours with the family so i definitely worked six to seven days a week two to three jobs a day guaranteed every day and uh at the end of 2019 my husband just like sat me down randomly and he's like I can't remember how like, my daughter was like seven I guess he's like she's seven years old this poor kid doesn't see you all she knows of you is that you work that's that's all you do you work and there we don't have family meals uh, or dinner whatever so basically he just made me like open my eyes and he's like you need to stop something I don't care what I will We will figure out the money, like, this is not worth it. Um, She's like, I'm telling you, it's not worth it. You're going to miss everything about your daughter. You're going to regret this. So you're not going to have that. You don't have that much more time with her. You got maybe 10 more years, and then she's off to college and work and her own family. So I'm like, okay, cool. So let me, I decided to quit my W-2. And he's like, okay, if you quit your W2, then you're gonna have way more time. You're gonna need to do real estate and figure all of that out. So that's how my husband just made me quit something and focus on real estate. But for good reasons, like he didn't care what I was doing. I could have focused on my W2 and quit dancing or just do my dance school and quit everything else. But all he wanted is for me to be with my daughter. That's all he wanted
1: yeah that's awesome i mean that's a great motivation i mean you know unfortunate that like took time before you saw that but the fact that he even saw it and recognized it and was like hey look something's got to give right like you're killing yourself for what like what is the end game here you know um wow yeah
0: yeah, yeah. that was really good um yeah so and then after that he i mean it took a while for real estate to gain momentum so he definitely stuck by his words where he said I'll do whatever I need to do but um and also that was at the end of 2019 literally the week that I stopped my w-2 the school shut down and COVID was in full-blown here like that was weird (laughs) weird timing
1: wow Yeah. yeah yeah So what were you doing? um, What was your W two?
0: I worked in the accounting department or business office of a dealership. Like a car
1: dealership. Yeah. Oh, so are the hours like very long with them, or?
0: Well, no, they're. I mean, Monday through Friday, your regular eight to five.
1: Okay, and then you had two other jobs on top of that with the dance.
0: Yeah, so I had my dance school. I opened my dance school in 2018. So that initially was one day a week, and it turned into three days a week. And I also do gigs. I'm a, you know, dancer by trade, born and raised a dancer. So oh. we, uh, there's a lot of like Polynesian shows here. So I did that. Um, and yeah, I was in a musical as well. So just, I'm an entertainer. So it's and it's easy money to be an entertainer. So. I did what I had to do to make easy money.
1: Right. But then your hours are like always late at night. So
0: yeah. Not... As entertainers, we literally give up family and holidays, basically.
1: Oh, wow.
0: We entertain other people's family nights and holiday <laughs> celebrations. <laughs> yeah. And
1: then you're like, wait a minute. I'm not going to my own family stuff. There's yeah. something off here.
0: <laughs> I don't know. Like, I think... Uh, New Year's Eve we we have two to four shows between 6 p.m. and midnight and Thanksgiving we have two to three shows like just because people want entertainment while they're eating
1: (laughs) it's kind of funny when you think about it like if you're eating why do you need to be entertained Yeah wow okay so then you quit your w-2 you're like i'm done with you guys i'm just gonna go all in into real estate and then in you said in 2019 is when you purchased that first oh no 2021
0: yeah so at the end of 2019 we decided to quit early 2020 we uh i i leave my w-2 i I ended up still working super part-time um especially because of the pandemic and i'm like okay maybe i shouldn't leave this place right like it's a because the car dealership was an essential business. So they were full running, like it was, you know, they did it, they couldn't take a break. So I, I stayed, I think two days a week, one day a week, it was super random. But um, I was, I all of a sudden I had so much time. Now I went from like having no time to so much time to be like the stay at home, you know, teacher, because school went full virtual And then uh, I was able to do a lot of real estate. So I learned how to cold call. I I did more driving for dollars. I printed my own mailers, sent them out. Uh, Yeah, took a lot of action then. Um, So in 2020, I did some wholesale deals. In 2021, I felt a little more ready to, I was willing to learn hands-on rather than just finding deals for someone else.
1: Got it. Okay. So then when you took that jump, right, of okay, now I'm going to do it myself, like, did you find this? You said that you knew the guy that you bought the property from.
0: Like, how? No, we had just built rapport from texting and calling.
1: Oh, okay. So how long before he ended up selling to you? Like, did it take
0: over? Yeah, it took a while. So he got a mailer from me, called me. He's like, yeah, I'm interested in selling. And, he wanted 110 and I'm like that's probably not gonna work. So he ended up on the back burner and then we started doing text messaging campaigns. So I think in March or April was the first touch with a mailer. And then in August of 2020 is when we, uh, we touched base again and it was through mass texting. So that's August 2020 and then I think in May 2021, we signed and in June 2021, we closed.
1: Wow. Yeah, that's great. And why did you decide to go with the hard money lender versus conventional financing?
0: Um, I was in $150,000 in debt. So conventional was not going to approve me.
1: Oh, got it. Okay. But you're not, you got out of the debt, right?
0: Yeah. And, 2021 we f- i did a few partnership fix and flips and took care of like 90 percent of it and also i mean in 2020 i was paying down like, my our debt you know i just i also had time to take uh better control of our finances so mm. i was able yeah. to do that, yeah paid off That's i think awesome. in 2020 i paid off my car and then yeah I just like little things little chunks over time it
1: snowballs yeah. yeah wow that is a dude a hundred and fifty thousand dollars a debt in less than two years like that's pretty impressive
0: oh yes uh i mean <laughs> it didn't come like it came with its crazy challenges a lot of fighting a lot of like you know not being able to buy something or do something with your daughter like but the cool thing like everything was shut down and, you know in most of 2020 yeah. there were no restaurants like all we could do is Maybe go to the beach. And even then, our beaches got um, closed off. So there was nothing to do, really. Yeah.
1: Wow. How could they keep you guys off the beach?
0: They did. Yeah, they were passing out tickets on on the beach for anyone there.
1: Really? That's insane. I think I know someone that went to Hawaii during the pandemic, and then they got stuck in their hotel. Like,
0: they couldn't leave. Oh, yeah. Maybe they didn't have... Yeah, I mean I can't I couldn't keep up with the rules honestly. Like it they were wow. changing every week so I'm like what can I do? I can breathe and stay in my house. <laughs> we're good. <laughs> even at one point, even like if you were driving without a specific essential purpose, uh they they were I don't know. I I don't know anyone who got a ticket because they were driving for fun and not for groceries or an essential or you know, some kind of essential activity. Yeah. Uh, I don't know anyone who got a ticket for that, but they were I don't know on the news they were saying things like that. I'm like, uh, wow. <laughs> and I was like driving to my studio to teach dancing. I'm like, well, I mean, is mental health for my kids, like essential. What do you think? <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. Oh, that's awesome. That's- yeah. Wait. So then, did you guys have to wear masks during the pandemic?
0: oh yes, oh, yes. They're strict. oh super strict yeah
1: okay super, is this super, Hawaii- super strict. do you guys have a very large um elderly population
0: very and we have one well we don't have that many hospitals that is the that was the risk so our hospitals were at like over capacity you know yeah Okay. Yeah, because how like you could only have one person per room probably, like and it was just so contagious. So Yes. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Oh yeah. wow. Yeah, it was pretty strict out here in New York too. Like they you know, we're but we're like sardines, you know, everyone is so close mm-hmm. together everywhere that you kinda have to. Um, whereas the rest of the country, it's like more spread out.
0: Yeah. Uh so the island of Maui has one hospital and we are a county and within our county we have three islands three main inhabited islands so mm-hmm. i think they kind of didn't have a choice it's like either we take precautions and we try to keep our hospitals available for people you know yeah who are sick or we let everybody loose and then there won't be enough nurses and space for mm-hmm. sick people
1: oh wow yeah. so then do the other islands also have their own hospitals
0: yeah so our is... county, the three islands, mm-hmm. no, there's, there's one hospital for all three islands, but there are a few other main islands with a high population. They, they have their hospitals.
1: Okay. So, and is Maui's hospital, like the best one? or?
0: Mm, I, I don't think so. I wouldn't say that, but I mean, I not like, because I don't think so. I just don't know. Um, oh, got it. but I mean, I've, I've been to a hospital on the Island of Oahu and they were a bit more advanced than the Maui hospital. But I have I haven't had many hospital stays to really yeah. decide, you know? Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, not a, a usual question that I asked the guests. <laughs> I don't know. It just popped into my well, head. Well, I
0: could I can tell you, my daughter needed a surgery when she was seven, five, seven? wait, I forget, five, five years old. Mm-hmm. And we had to get on a plane to go to a different island because we didn't have a surgeon on maui for that young oh wow! so yeah hmm. yeah maybe that a lot of so surgeons crazy. don't live in hawaii i don't know
1: yeah no i think you're right like there's certain i know i've heard stories of people who i think a guy I knew lived in ohio and they had to like he lived in a rural town he got into a car accident and they had to like take him on a helicopter to go to like the big you know the bigger yeah. town to like do yeah. the surgery mm-hmm. so yeah yeah i get that it, it was
0: a very quick flight so i mean it, it was okay we were fine
1: oh and does maui have the black sand beaches or is
0: that all of hawaii uh i know that maui has a black sand beach i don't know of other islands I'm not too sure about other islands, but for sure Maui has one. It's really far from here too, I mean from where I live. It's like three hours away from here.
1: What? I didn't, wow, that's a pretty big island.
0: Oh yeah, it is. So I, Maui is like, it looks like a fish almost. So the oh. body of the fish, it takes an entire day to go around. And then the tail of the fish, maybe maybe half a day. Like it's also because the roads are pretty scary and windy. Like you just can't go fast. That's also why.
1: Oh, so you and then you guys have like a volcano in the middle of the island, right?
0: Yes. uh, So Maui's volcano is not active, uh, but we still have an island with an active volcano, very active volcano
1: wow that's so it's so different out there oh i, have to I go know one
0: day. i mean yeah. you, you tell me stuff about new york and i'd be like oh wow
1: <laughs> do
0: you know that it snows here
1: yeah <laughs> yes yeah i i'm not a fan of the snow anymore like i have getting to that point where i think i need to go further south because i can't it's, mm, it's too yeah. cold for me
0: yeah i bet I bet. so yeah. uh the island of uh the big island uh, it's mm-hmm. one island over from maui uh every winter it snows pretty heavily does it really yeah and then on maui because i guess well our mountain here our crater is high enough uh-huh. um maybe every couple of years you'll have like one or two days of snow and black ice so they have to cut like they have to block the uh, access to the mountain oh wow yeah
1: That's cool. I didn't know that it snows at all out there. So I learned. I know it's kind
0: of weird to think that because we're in the middle of the ocean. Yeah. Um, But I mean, New Zealand, it snows a lot. And they're, they're even more south than Hawaii.
1: Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. So if you could go back in time, what would be something that you would tell yourself, like if you could restart investing in real estate and like start this whole process all over again?
0: have less fear and take more action Hmm. uh i mean i'm still afraid i'm still scared you know doing real estate investing no matter what is is a risk like if you're gambling or i don't there are risks right that we all take um it's just the more action you take and the more you put yourself in these like uncomfortable fearful situations but you figure yourself out of them that's how you grow literally so uh early on i would never put myself in an uncomfortable position because i was just too scared um Mm -hmm. from talking even talking to someone because i didn't know how to talk to someone but i became better at talking to people because i just made myself do it and like now i can talk to people i can talk to sellers and even if they're you know upset or super sweet or someone that i have a hard time connecting with i can still, you know, have a conversation and without my heart going like 150 miles an hour. I mean, it was scary, like cold calling for me was like, I need to take breaks between every dial because I needed to like calm my heart down.
1: Yeah, that's fair. Um, so what would you say is your favorite process? So like, are you more of a wholesaler? Or what's your primary focus right now with real estate?
0: right now it's fix and flips to create capital to invest into rental properties
1: okay yeah that's great and what would be the best way if the 402 wants to learn more about you or investing in hawaii um what's the best way for them to reach out to you
0: um instagram tereva invests I, i i really like i mean i i like social media and Uh, probably not like scrolling and all that. I just like the value and the community building that social media creates. And uh, yeah, I met amazing people. I'm sure you have as well. And you know, like you get to connect with the most random people that you wouldn't connect without social media, truly. So yeah, you know, and we end up on on webinars, on Zoom calls and networking. Um, Definitely brings a lot of value to you but it's by giving value on your social media platforms yeah
1: yeah no i mean that's how i even found you is through instagram and then i was like hey you want to come on the podcast so yes tereva is definitely responsive on instagram 402 so do not be afraid (laughs) um awesome well that is pretty much it i mean is there any other piece of advice that you might want to share or give out
0: uh i think what kind of what i would tell myself earlier if if you have fear in your heart uh like really trust that you you will overcome anything you know protect yourself in every deal and if it's not a deal you will be able to back out um i mean yeah just act on the possibilities rather than the risks. Um, Risks will always be there. Opportunities are not always there, so. Yes, yeah,
1: 100%. Awesome. Thank you so much, Treva. And that is all, folks. Yeah. 402, did you learn something or take away a golden nugget? Then I'd love it if you would share this episode with a friend. And I'd really also like to talk to you about real estate on Instagram or LinkedIn. So follow me at First Deal Show. If you know someone that has an amazing first deal story or you just want to give us the dirt on your first deal, shoot me an email at firstdealshow at gmail.com and let's get you on the show. 402, thank you so much for listening. I love all of you and I will see you next Friday.